scripture reading this morning comes from Acts chapter 4. And charge them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, For we cannot but God to listen to of what we have seen and heard. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. And uh, open your Bible, if you would, this morning. And again, just to be here. We're glad that you are here. Uh, we believe spiritual leadership uh, begins in the home. It begins with fathers. And so your life, and the life of your family, we want to encourage you in that and give thanks for you today for being here. And uh, it's in, in how you raise your children and how you um, live and, and work and serve your family. And uh, we pray that uh, you will be honored for Acts chapter 4 will be where we're at this morning. We've been going through the book of Acts for the past few weeks, and we'll continue. We've been uh, going right along. And so just a couple weeks ago, we talked about chapters 3 for the past two weeks. And in the beginning of chapter 3, we have a crippled man. Description of the event, the second part of chapter 3, we see Peter uh, responding, giving an explanation for the event. Uh, we find it to be explained. Uh, words follow deeds. And so, so it was here. And Peter gives a, a, a sermon uh, about the, the results, the outcome of us three and four cover a, a few days. And we're seeing how the actions of Jesus in the gospel in chapter four. After Peter's first sermon that we looked at at the day of Pentecost in chapter two, we saw the results were blessing. We saw preached in chapter three. We see the results of that. And we're going to see uh, some results in regard to conversion, but we're also going to see and the apostles are persecuted. The chapter begins uh, the accounting of persecution in the early church. This is where um, this is the first time that the people of God have been persecuted. But this is this is where the early church begins. Uh, we begin the account of the early church being persecuted, beheading his persecutors. Uh, Jesus was clearly persecuted for what he did and taught. Uh, we also know that as much news didn't begin here in the book of Acts, um, we see it continuing in the book of Acts, and we can see it even in this century. Even now, the 21st century, a called the Open Doors, an organization, on average, 345 Christians are killed for faith-related reasons, or attacked, and 219 Christians are detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, and 2015 when ISIS took 25 Christian men onto a beach and uh, recorded this, uh, of, of beheading all 25 of the, much of this right now, at least not yet. Well, one pastor had noted that in the Bible, wherever Paul went, there were riots. Might be a, a these days, wherever there. Not that we are to pursue persecution, not that we're to seek it out, not that we're supposed to try to elicit, it'll bring about pushback. What Peter, excuse me, what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 3, 12 is true, imputed. Desire to live a God. As the power of the name of Jesus was demonstrated in chapter 3, in the, the healing of the, the crippled man, let's defend it. So verses 1 through, um, look at it in verse 1. And they were speaking to the people, uh, as they were speaking to the people, the priest and them, greatly ample. They were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. 
So first we see that they get arrested by, uh, the, the, the list goes, that the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees. The captain of the temple was like the chief ranking, second ace. That's who that was. The Sadducees, that's a name you've probably heard a little bit about in the Bible. The Sadducees had great power. They were a powerful group of, of they, were, they were the ruling class. They were the, uh, the wealthy aristocrats, if you will, or the, the upper class at that, in that time. Sacrificial system were ones who guarded the whole. They didn't believe in, uh, in the resurrection of the dead. They didn't believe that that was true. They didn't believe in the existence of angels, uh, I should say. So they believed that the, the Maccabean age or the Maccabean period, and that would, so any talk of Jesus being the Messiah. Uh, but we also find that both here in chapter 4 and in chapter 5, it's the Sadducees that initiate persecution on the apostles. So they chose this. And they wanted it to be stopped, as we will see. In verse 2, we find out that they're greatly annoyed. They're annoyed with the teaching uh, by them. They said of the resurrection. Apostles as heretics, they saw them as agitators, uh, and they were unauthorized. They, they shouldn't be saying what they're saying. Uh, the, the resurrection then is over. Uh, Jesus is the game changer here. And so the resurrection is necessary uh, to, be, to be taught. In fact, one, one theologian's doctrine, as it attacked the status quo, it was a threat to existing power structures because once and for all, that declares saying the resurrection is saying the death is not the end, that God is going to right everything one day. So, so what's inaugurating that? It's upset because their power was being diminished. That this three, they, they arrest them and they probably find out is what John Stott says it this way. <clears throat> Sadducees could arrest the apostles, but not the gospel. Look at verse four. Look at verse four. It says, verse four, but many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of the men came to about 5,000. So you can arrest supplies, the gospels. You can shut. And here Luke says that the number is now 5,000. Now that probably doesn't mean another 5,000. It means a running total of 5,000 men, which may not include women uh, or, or children in that, that number. So they're annoyed. They arrest them, and then they come to Jerusalem with angels. Look at verse 5. And Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family, and they had set them in the midst, they inquired by what other. This would, you may have heard the word the Sanhedrin. That's what this is. It's 71 members. Right? So it's not just a couple people questioning these Caiaphas, 71 people. Your, your ears a little bit. Those are the, the same group. They are, uh, they have these two apostles in front of them. Uh, this group was a, a, corrupt, a corrupt group. And so justice could hardly be expected if you were the apostles. In council, here were these apostles die. And you can't but imagine that they would have been thinking, man, could, could and the same fate be awaiting us? or John may have been saying that. Would, would history repeat itself uh, again? So the, the council asked them, don't even, or by what name did you this, do they? It's almost like they don't even want to admit it. They don't even want to admit what the this is that they're, they're standing in front of them for. But Peter doesn't. That's why they were mind saying it. We won't mind happen that they couldn't explain. And people were praising God. And now what are they going to do about it? So name do it. Right? That's what they're asking them. Let's respond. In verse 8 tells us, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's stop there for a second. It's important. It's important piece of information that Luke, t- a, a, a little, 
What little nugget here, a little bit of, we're going to see Peter's boldness in just a minute in, in what he, he said and how he said it in front of this group, but they may be uh, condemned to die. But yet he has, he has boldness. How does he have boldness? Chapters ago, how does he have boldness? Well, verse 8, filling in the baptism of the Spirit. You may remember that when we talked about Pentecost. When we talk about the baptism of the Spirit, what we mean is we mean a one-time act. Through Christ, by faith alone, we are baptized by the Spirit. It means we're given the Spirit, we're brought into the family of God. That's the baptism to the Lord, the Spirit, and filling of the Spirit to do what we're called to do. Here, Peter is again filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to see a little bit later in chapter 4, in a couple weeks, through his Spirit for us to do his work. Jesus actually told the disciples that, that God would provide for them in this way. In Luke chapter 21, he had the words to say in those moments. You're going to be brought, don't be afraid, I'm going to give you those words. Well, how does he do that? Through the Spirit of God. But Peter was not concerned with this, concerned with honoring God. He wasn't dodging the possible gospels who did just that. He was dodging his connection to Jesus. He's not doing it here. Amen? Peter denied Jesus. It's absolutely true. Peter perfect, obviously that is no, he was not perfect. But did that prevent him from being used of God? That too is obviously no. The Bible on the progress of who believes in Jesus, he's following Jesus, he falls magnificently by denying Jesus. And yet here, some three preaching the gospel to them. Paul tells Timothy, a young pastor, let them see your progress. We get to see that. See how you're growing. Let the life of Peter. We might just want to ask ourselves, how, how's our progress going? Is there progress? And can anyone see? Some? None of us are. But we all should be able to say, thank God I'm not what I once was. Share it with others. And so rulers of the people and elders, if we being examined today concern, concerning a own, to all of you, that to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you standing well, whom God, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. The builders, read that again. This Jesus is the, this is a couple things here. Verse, by you, the builder, tells us by what name. They ask him, what's the name, what's the power? And he says, it's the name of Jesus. It's very simple. <laughs> You want to know how this, this, Peter had said that in verse 3, chapter 3, when he spoke to the man, in the name of Jesus, stand. He said it in verse 7, right? It is this name, by his, that heals. That's how this works. It wasn't Peter's, uh, Peter's power. He said this earlier, the man, 3, 2, it's not his power, it's not his power. This was God. God heals. God heals. Man, and then basically Peter said, and that God raised. This is the third time he does that. You might remember it in chapter 2. <clears throat> and then in chapter 3, he doesn't take the one who killed him, by the way. But guess what also? That's the human act. You killed him. But guess what else? God raised him. And the third thing he says, but, but God raised him. He says that, that Jesus is this cornerstone, the stone that was rejected by the builders. Well, who are the builders? The builders, the builders are them. Peter telling them, you are the ones who rejected. You rejected Jesus, just like Psalm chapter 118, verse of the stone being rejected. That's what Peter's quoting here. 
which that stone would then become the cornerstone. This is a picture. This is a metaphor for Jesus. Jesus was this stone that the rock upon which the church is built. Peter's using, again, the Psalms. We saw him do this earlier. You may remember that. He does this. He's going to do it. Going to us, Psalms, or connect the Old Testament to the New Testament. How the, these, these understand that Jesus, that, that these guys are untrained. How would he have made the connection between the stone in Psalm chapter 118 to Jesus? 17. That. Well, this is how he knew this. Jesus uses the same verse of himself. What's the point? The point is that truly, you're going to see this and just leave you on the road to Emmaus. He told them all the things in the Old Testament concerning himself. He showed them how the Old Testament points to him. That we ought to be listening about Jesus here. This quotation from the book of Psalms is a messianic reference to Jesus, to his death and resurrection, to his rejection is what resurrection built on. And then Peter does this really masterfully. He, he seamlessly moves from this question about how this man lessened for us, of how to, to take a question and honestly answer it, but not miss the opportunity. To not miss even grace. The main point isn't just from verse 9 where he talks about that's translated salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. So he takes this healing word, this word to spiritual salvation, connects it with It is seamless and, and the, the thought flows directly there. It doesn't, he's not, he's not overdoing it. And he moves right into just the name that heals. This is the name that saves. This is the name that saves, that Jesus saves. This is anyone else to salvation. No other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. This is a statement of exclusivity. Right? The reality, how else can someone get saved? but by the name of Jesus. Peter wasn't saying, Jesus, this is a really good idea. It's really kind of the only thing. That, that's the, the best thing I think you should do. That's not what he's saying. He's saying literally, it is the only name. He is the only one. Or the only one who has come. Life. No one comes to the Father and say, there's no one else. Now, some people don't like that. See something or how you get to heaven. That's intellectually dishonest, by the way, um, but nevertheless, they would say. That's too, that Christianity is too exclusive. How can you make that claim? How dare you think such a definitive statement? That's definitive too. Don't you think that it's definitive in a way which everyone feels like they can fit it? Right? it it's more palatable to say it that way. But it's also intellectually, world, do not believe that there's more than one way to heaven. So when people talk about coexisting, you know who doesn't talk about that? Jews. You know who doesn't talk about that? Something. You know who doesn't talk? The basis of their belief is on a system of, of theology. And you can say, well, the Islam is wrong. True. Judaism is wrong. True. Christianity to be true. Christ but they're basing on just what I want to be true. Christianity is saying, this is the truth. This is what Jesus said. This is who Jesus is. also a slap in the face to Jesus. What's the point of Jesus? Do you know every time you suggest to some terribly unloving to them, it's terribly unloving to further a lie. It's terribly unloving to say to someone, maybe there's another way, when you know if you would ever purport that there is another way. There is no other way. That's not because we're some exclusive church or, or, or group. It's because there is no other. 
name. There is no other name. There is no one else who can take away your sin. Paul says there's only one mediator between God and you serve and give his life a ransom for many. 1 John 2.2, he is the propitiation for our sins. John chapter 3, verse 16. You know, 17, we don't read this of the world, that he gave his only send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that in order that the world might be saved through him. Slap in the face. Peter is making it clear there is no other name. Believe that? It's can you believe it? Can you believe actually there's a way available to me? Can you actually believe that someone has come to do for me what no one else could? You are invited. It's also an inclusive invitation to be saved. If you come through Christ, you can't be saved. Do you understand the difference? It's exclusive in the sense that it's only through Jesus, but it's inclusive in the sense that whosoever will may come. Christianity is the only religion in the world that says our guy didn't just come from God, didn't just receive a message from God, that God told about the ways not just to tell us a message about salvation, but to be salvation. Not just tell us about how religions of the world. Jesus uses this metaphor in Matthew chapter 7, the, the two roads or the two gates, the narrow and the wide. If you find, as enter by the, the narrow gate, find the wide road. And the wide road's easier, right? It's wide. It's easy to life. There's only one way to bring that the way this man was saved is through the name of Jesus, the way he was healed, but also the way we are saved of the spirit of Jesus. Not arrogance. Peter isn't just sticking it to him. He's not being a jerk. He's telling them the truth. He's loving them enough to five, 34 and 35. What does that mean? That means if we love people the, same, the way we say we love people, then the, the response will be 22, we find that the that he in verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of the, the Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and common men, they were astonished and they, in opposition, been with Jesus. Uh, there's more than one way to learn things, right? You can be, uh, learn things through reading a book or you can learn things by doing something, right? You can learn things just through thinking and reading. Others need to do, use their hands. Well, here we find that these men were not trained. They were not trained. They did not go to sin, and yet they are theology they, that causes people to say, what is going on here? What is going on here? It's, it's notable that, that something was going on, right? So and these uneducated people, and they're saying this and doing that, something else is going on, right? How could these people be that? They come to a conclusion, and the conclusion is that they've been with Jesus. How do you explain it? Well, they've been with Jesus. Why are they that way? How do, they, how, do they, how do they know? How do they live like that? Well, they, this Jesus, this looks, this looks like Jesus' life. And not, not the world's impression of Jesus, which says yes to everything and never says no and loves it, but he's also a God of justice. The point is, is this, is they had been with Jesus and it was notable. But so it, it's stuck at this point. He actually says that. He's standing beside them. So what are we going to do with this? We got this healing that's happening, okay? Uh, message in town that's going to affect us. So what do we, what do, we do? Verse 15, uh, they want to stop the spread. So they're in a bit of a quandary. And so verse 18, they bring it back in, and this is what they come up with. So when they had called them, 
and charge them not to swift is 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 a great a great strategy. Stop. There. Now now leave. Don't do it anymore. Because that always works. Which your parents cease and desist. Right? Stop. That's what they came up with. They they had no other option. This was brilliant, right? But but what more? We said he was healed with no explanation other than God was involved. And they totally miss it. They totally overlook it. They won't even ignore in front of them and they can't even imagine that they missed it. What do we learn from that? We learn this, that if someone will not believe God by his word, then neither God if by miracles. Something, then I would believe. It's not true. It's just not true. In Luke chapter 16, there's a two Hades, to torments. A great chasm between them. Would you send someone back to my family to tell them about this so if they hear it, um, they'll stop. They'll, they'll change. They'll change their course so they don't come here. If they want this, is that they won't even believe it if someone raises from the dead. Miracles. Miracles. That. Um, these men... One theologian says, these men were fearing their own futures instead of fearing God. Instead of looking at this and saying, they're totally missing the point. And so much, they wanted to hold on to their power that they tried to quiet these messengers. They, whether it's right, response that we read earlier, in the sight of God to listen to you, or rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have spoken and heard. We can't stop. Uh, this is uh, what respectful dissent looks like. This is what Christian flicked to authority. This is what, and what Christians do at that point is their allegiance is to Jesus. New. We see it all the way back in the book of Exodus when the, the midwives are, are helping women in their don't. And they're told, well, the baby came out faster and we weren't there to, to help. Right? What are they doing? They're civilly disobeying. God's law is being transgressed and they're not going to obey it. They did this with Moses. Instead of, uh, they, they hid their son so that he would not be, be killed. Christian resistance is not a, not a holy war. After. We're, after, we're, we're not after. We're believing that Christ is the king and we follow him, period, period. No, no matter what the consequences are. The blessings of obedience, not obeying the world. I'll say that again. The blessings of obeying God will always outweigh the perceived skewed of not obeying the world. We don't always believe that. We fear the consequences. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, most for the present world were just to set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire. They left their mark on earth. Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they've become so ineffective in this. We'll get... And then he says this more memorable, aim at earth and you will get neither. The apostles were not aiming at earth. Eternal, the apostles, eternal weight of glory. They saw something greater in the distance. Don't settle for the crumbs. Don't waiting for you, approval of this world. Life with Jesus in the holy city, eternal joy that is unhindered, you forever, believe that if you're ever going to resist. You must believe that what is to come is better than what is here. If you, there will be no place to resist these issues. 
And Christians will be accounted for. The only way protection or your little kingdom or your safety they want uh, to, if they, the apostles understood, they're going to get punished. Um, but they couldn't really do anything. They couldn't do anything because the people, they, right, they, weren't, they weren't doing that. They were praising God. The response to the healing was not in, in a uh, celebration shown us how the celebration of leaders opposed the name of God in an attempt to preserve their power. And on the other hand, how the apostles defended the name of God because of their self, while the apostles acted out of love for God. The change came as the apostles made all been with Jesus. We want to ask you this morning, are you someone who is, who is intentionally defending the name of Jesus? Or do you think you're neutral in that? Let me tell you, you're not neutral. Defense. The one who for you and for me laid down up his life. Why did he do it? He saved. So what's our response to that? Our response is what, what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. This. And he died for us, controls me, to live, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Let's pray. Father, would you help him the gospel? defend the name of Jesus, that believe that you are king, who believe not just with our lips, but with our life, that you're worthy as you help Peter in his progress. Some of us, some of us are, are not where we ought to be yet. God, would you help us walk the spirit, give us the grace to, would you give us the boldness through him now to live the life that you are calling us to live. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.